This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon on a Friday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO 106.3 FM. Miller and Condon, weekdays 10 to noon. Uh, Trent Condon and Ken Miller, thanks for spending some of your morning uh, here with us. Uh, on the BMW of Des Moines guest list here today, looking forward to, well, the entire show, but in hour number three, we've got our, one of our special features back, a Friday feature that was put on mothballs when sports went away in March. Uh, Claxons is back aboard, and if you've listened to the program over the years, Claxons is a Friday staple. Uh, thirty-one, thirty-one, Eighth Street Southwest in Altoona. Trent and I will put out four props. You give us four answers. If you get the most right, you'll win a thirty-five dollar gift certificate from Claxons, the runner-up twenty-five. We do it late in the program on Fridays, about uh, eleven forty-five, eleven fifty-ish. Always when I line up guests, I say ish. I-S-H, because we're never on time. In fact, (laughs) I just heard the uh, promo at the top of the hour. Your chance to win in 20 minutes. Ish. Ish. <laughs> we'll try our best, but we never get there on time. Anyways, uh, BMW Des Moines guest list at 1030-ish. Tommy Birch is going to join Trent and I. Our three baseball minds will go around the game. Caught a couple of them last night. You know, I fell asleep before the Dodgers went crazy. You did. Yeah, it was 1-1 in, uh, I think, the sixth. And I just mm-hmm. couldn't take any more. Packed it in. It was too much. After four and a half months without sports, you couldn't. Trent, I'm out of shape. <laughs> Those late nights. You might have some late night hockey with your Jets yeah, coming up well, here. Well, one for sure. A week from Saturday night, 9.30 puck drop. But then Monday, one thirty in the afternoon. Oh, wow. You're Tuesday, be game three, 5.30 in the afternoon. I'm going to guess you're not going to be scheduling any calls for Monday afternoon for no, your other job? nothing. <laughs> yeah. A I really mean, busy day. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm going to be hunkered down. Got appointments yeah. all over the place. Got Can't a lot do going anything. On. <laughs> um, uh, maybe late in the afternoon, but that'll be it. Yep. You're right about that. So uh, Tommy Burt's going to join Trent tonight. At the bottom of the hour, we will talk MLB. Uh, crazy, right? The playoffs changed. Yes, we put our picks out there yesterday, and before first pitch was thrown, the playoff format was changed, and for the better. Yeah, and yeah. I'm all for it. In a 60 game schedule, mm-hmm. this makes complete sense. In a yep. year that is as wild and wacky as you could ever imagine. This is something that is just going to add yet another layer to it, and mm-hmm. I'm all for it. And, and it's does, three extra days of baseball, is what it is, right? D- does it take away from the top level teams? If something fluky well, can happen, Trent. That's not without the realm of possibility, no doubt. A three game series, yeah. anything can happen. Now the home team will get to host all mm-hmm. three games mm-hmm. if necessary. Now, what does that mean? I mean, they'll be they'll get the last bat, obviously. Right. But look, here's the here's one something before we get we'll get back into this in a second. Uh, Crane Kenny, I think it was it was on the radio in Chicago today. He floated this out there that he believes that there will be fans at Wrigley Field by September first. Oh, really? So now I don't know where he got that from. If that's you know just. Uh, 
the governor of Illinois. What's mm-hmm. his name? I don't remember. I don't care. I really don't. Um, You're asking the wrong person. Right. And I know as soon as I put it out there. Um, but regardless of who he, or I think it's he, um, is that wishful thinking September 1st? And if, if they can have a Wrigley guaranteed rate, you would think would be allowed to have fans in the ballpark. Is this an MLB uh, directive, mm-hmm. perhaps? We don't know. We don't know. But uh, that's the thought process. So the, maybe the, maybe home field will mean something once, uh, once we get to uh, Labor Day weekend. So uh, And then uh, Dave Sproul will join us on Iowa State at 11.05, Tom Caker at 11.25, and then our friends at Claxons, 3131 8th Street uh, in Altoona, 3131 8th Street Southwest in Altoona, Claxon bbq.com klaxon bbq.com uh, all right so the playoff changed it's, uh, it's better we're going to allow the uh, two teams that don't finish first or second in either league with the best records to participate they would play it's one versus eight it's two versus seven it's three six four five that's what you're looking at once we get to the playoffs and the top three seeds will be division winners so Correct. even though Maybe the best wild card team might have a better mm-hmm. record. And we've seen that a lot of times. Yep. Then one of the division winners, the division winners yep. will be those top three seeds. Your top wild card will be the four and get the chance to mm-hmm. host in that opening round. And uh, that's the way that that will play out. As they advance, say the seven seed moves on. Is this a strict bracket? Aye, that's a good question. Or Trent. is it the Do they reseed worst or? remaining seed takes on the best remaining seed you know, in the next in the divisional um, round? I'm caught off guard. Yeah, I because I didn't I see know. that anywhere. Mm-hmm. The two I read two different articles. Well, really you know, outlining. watching the game last night. Speaking of things changing on the fly, unless I heard this completely wrong, I thought that Viscergian and A Rod mm-hmm. went to rain delay, saying that this game won't be final due to the sixty game season. That they're going to come back and finish the game. Now, this is that's going to be the case if they get through three and they wash it out. Mm-hmm. Normally, it just starts all over again, right? They would start wherever they ended. They'll pick it up. But I thought that they said, regardless of what inning the game was in. Okay. So I thought, you know, and maybe I mean, very well could have read the rules wrong, maybe <laughs> because, or maybe I heard it wrong. Yeah, yeah. And you, we're just you're kind of flying by the seat mm-hmm. of your pants, and that's what this season's going to be about. But because I saw the final come up, and I thought, well, well, hey, a second, didn't I just hear? Anyways, but they got might through, have been a me problem, right? Enough to make it an official mm-hmm. game. The Yankees get the win, and you then, know what was great, Trent? As much as anything last night, opening yeah. night, you know, it was just it put a smile on my face. As much as I can't stand the guy. Because he's a disgrace to umpiring. Angel Hernandez trending on Twitter. Oh, geez. I mean, he's missing calls. Yes. He's ringing up guys that the ball's a foot outside, and you know what? I was okay with it last night. Robo-umps. Uh, we're not even going to argue no, about that today. just because Angel Hernandez is trending on Twitter. He's the worst, maybe in the worst of the history of the game. I know that that sounds hyperbolic, and that's there's been a lot of guys and a lot of bad umpires over the years, I'm sure, but boy, oh boy, this guy is just horrific. And if you watched the game last night, and the worst thing that ever happened to him, well, there's two things. High-definition television and the Fox box, or whatever they call the strike box, uh-huh. the K box. Yes. Because it just shows everybody in the world what they thought that they saw. Uh, he's so brutal. But you know what? Trending <laughs> on Twitter last night, and it brought a smile to my face that sports is back. Uh, the home run early on. Oh, it did was he just, crush that or it, it what? It was just such a fun night. So what are you thinking of the uh, the piped-in crowd sounds? Uh, 
you know, I don't. It's it's weird. It's going to take yes. some getting used to, and it's going to take getting used to next week when I see the NHL and we see the NBA. I watched a little NBA last night. I watched the Lakers Mavs scrimmage. On where it was on NBA TV, was it? Yeah, and I think it started like ten thirty something like that. I okay. watched. I don't know, maybe ten minutes of yeah. it. Is all I just wanted to see it, mm-hmm. see what it looked like, and LeBron was out there, and I'm like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So that kind of sucked me in until they went finally to a commercial break, but. It didn't feel as odd as the baseball does. Baseball, baseball's about the crowd shots. There's yeah. so much dead time. And, right, and exactly. You got the 30 seconds between a pitch and, you know, what the guys in the Cubs broadcast, <laughs> yeah. the, the what they're going to be cutting mm-hmm. to in the stands. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just part of the game. And the Well, not like they used to when Arnie was in charge. <laughs> right, exactly. The murmur in the background. You just, you have that NBA. You can pipe in a little bit uh-huh. of music. You can... You can make it feel better. Show Plus, the celebs at the yeah. Los Angeles at the Lakers games. The actual basketball was fine, uh-huh. but the way also that they have it very darkened around there where it just vividly, even when they pull back a little bit on some of those shots and you see more of the floor, you do that in baseball and, and you're just struck mm-hmm. by the all these empty. That wasn't the case. What I was watching last night, at least with the Lakers game mm-hmm. in that one. So I wonder when we get into the actual games and we get used to this a little bit more, if it'll continue to play out that way. Did you have a preference watching the two games last night? There were there were no cutout fans at at, uh, at the Nationals ballpark. I mean, Delta got a lot of advertising yeah, last night. My God! And then you cut to LA and they've got the cardboard cutouts. I think I prefer the the Delta look, the way the Natties are doing it. See, I I kind of like the fans. I like the ones in the outfield. And yeah. just... <laughs> Although here's one for tonight, and I think everybody's going to notice this tonight. There's a White Sox fan. I want to get his name. Oh, okay. Hang on. I, I, I put it in my notes here. Uh, give me a second. So anyways, this cat, his name is Paul Garrett. He spent $4,900. He bought 100 cardboard cutouts of himself. <laughs> and they're right above the visitor's dugout at uh-huh. Guaranteed Rate Field. So you'll see this guy. And it's the same picture. It's, you know, a white polo shirt or yeah. whatever. And, uh, and he's, it's just him. He's got row upon row upon row of the same picture of him. That's Spent 4900 bucks. Paul Garrett, White Sox fan. So watch that tonight. If you're watching the Twins and the White Sox, I know a lot of you will be. Yes, I will be. I will be in on that. That That is awesome. Love yeah. to see uh, those kind of things. And, and it's great, too. See a lot of these baseball teams are giving that money to charities mm-hmm. and doing that. So it's now, a really which, fun which idea. team? Which team did I see last night? If a foul ball hits close to the closest season ticket holder, yeah, yeah, would get the ball sent to them. Yep. If these were your seats last year and that ball hits there, mm-hmm. we're going to wrap it up and send it. Yeah, pretty good idea. It I still is, like yeah. the idea of you know how much would Giancarlo Stanton's home run go for auctioned off on. COVID relief or right. whatever, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, social justice, whatever, some mm-hmm. kind of a cause out there. I still like that idea, Trent, and, yeah. I, and I don't think it got any further traction. It was our buddy, our sports analytic guy that threw that out there. We have it on. Oh, Mark to, Simon. Mark Simon. Yeah. Simon says, what's his name on Twitter? Simon says, I think. I, I think yeah. it is Simon says. I, he re, he put it out there. I thought, wow, you're really on to something here, and then it died. Yeah, never. Yeah, it, Didn't isn't it funny how those ideas that seem very mm-hmm. simple and very easy and can be a great thing, just for whatever reason, don't right. gain traction. Takes the right person to retweet it, I guess. Yeah, I right? guess it does. Well, watch for Paul Garrett in the stands tonight. He's going to be <laughs> a household great. name. I don't know if he'll ever uh, cut into Marlins man fame or not. I See, I would think that that cat would do. By the way, the Marlins, one of the late-night comics last night, I'm paraphrasing, I want to get it right. One of the late-night comics apparently 
said during his monologue or something that the um, and they didn't play last night the Miami Marlins, but apparently tonight they're going to tie an opening night uh, attendance record for opening night. Zero, zero, right? <laughs> you know. But right, yeah. Uh, I thought that was pretty, pretty good. Did you see Fauci's pitch? Yeah, I felt bad for him. Well, I mean, he doesn't want anybody to catch anything. Oh, okay. Now I hadn't heard that. Well, speaking of Padump, yeah, one one, yeah. we're tied up. I, 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 I mean, I saw a lot flattening the curve. Yeah, uh-huh. I that for the first. I didn't time. see that one. Oh, that one. I saw that repeatedly. Yeah, yeah. I had not seen yours. I didn't want anybody to catch you. That's pretty good, uh, but yeah, that was that wasn't good. <laughs> Not at all. But you know I wonder what? if they let him stick around and watch the. They ball did. Game. I saw a oh, shot of they? him. It, I think it was his wife next to him and somebody else sitting was he somewhere with, was in he the with Manfred up in Manfred's it, box, maybe? It wasn't in a box, it didn't look. It was like actual seats that they were sitting in somewhere inside of the stadium. Okay, good. But the uh, the picture, he had his I mask down. That. Yep, absolutely. And he had his mask down as he was talking to these other two people. So, of course, you know, mm-hmm. that turns political and people were freaking out. Oh, are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. You, you know how this is. It's so sad, Trent. It is. It's so sad. Just wear a mask for crying out loud. Yeah. Get over it. Yeah, but he had it pulled down. As he was talking, so people led to freak out as he had people around. <laughs> and sports fans were even free. I mean, it's because of this that we don't have sports. Yes. If we can do our little part, maybe, uh-huh. to make sports a little closer, to why wouldn't we? We get the games. We, we have games going now. Uh, we're full-blown, we're full Trent. It, Next week's just going to even be better. So does this lead to our money shot? That is, of course, college football. Is this trending back towards the path of college football in some fashion being back in the fall. I, I think it will. I, I really do. And, and here's another example. We found this. I'd never heard of this website until today. Sportico? Yes. We, we've had fun with this one this morning when you, you told me about it. Well, it just ESPN generates just shy of $800 million in ad revenue. Eight hundred million. The money that they generated last year, to be precise, seven hundred and ninety-three million dollars in ad sales on college football. The average TV consumer of your cable bill, of your Direct TV bill, nine dollars goes to the ESPN per household. Per household, right? Does it doesn't matter if Gertrude down the street doesn't That's watch right. a lick of sports? She's spending nine bucks for that. She's got DirecTV. She's got mm-hmm. MediaCom. She is paying that nine dollars a month. And here's the thought process: If we don't have football, college football, uh-huh. shouldn't I get a little bit of kickback here? Oh, is, it, is my is my cable bill really worth the nine bucks I'm paying mm-hmm. for ESPN? So, ESPN. We've been talking about this the last couple of days. How? big of a role they're going to have in scheduling games this fall. I mean, I threw out yesterday, kind of jokingly, that there might be a Big Ten game on a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And, and Morehouse agreed. <laughs> um, see, I could see certainly Fridays and yeah. some of the Thursday games. Uh, you know, Colorado State, Wyoming is we're scheduled to play. They're not playing. You know, uh, moving a Big 12 game, an ACC game, because ACC is now, what, 10 plus 1 is their latest. Mm-hmm. Big 12's waiting two weeks. They want to play 12 come hell or high water. SEC looks as though they're 10 plus 1. Is that what I saw? Or 9 plus 1? 9 one? plus 1, yeah. 9 plus 1. So um, we know what the Big 12 is, uh, the Big uh, 10 is doing. We know what the Pac 12 is doing. Um, but to your question, yes, there's too much money in athletic departments. And the four-letter network. So you mentioned the possibility of moving these games around a little bit more and finding... Because there's no fans. You don't have to worry about right. the fans that have their ticket spot. That's a, a big concern always in Iowa City because of the hospital right mm-hmm. there. 
There just isn't parking during the week to have those weekday games. The other component that you have is if we're talking about a 10-game schedule and it's built in with these extra bye weeks. That's been bandied about a whole Mm -hmm. lot. I think think that's prudent. It's 10 games over 16 weeks if they start August 29th, whatever that Saturday is. Mm -hmm. It's 16 weeks that you have to get in, and really you can push it to 18 if you play that championship game more in the middle of December. And that's what the Pac-12 is already built in. So if you do this, that gives the ability... You are going to play on a Tuesday. Well, we're not going to have you turn around and play Saturday, Tuesday. Right, right, right. You'll have that bye week already built in there. I think there's a viable path, and I wonder, maybe is that a component that's taking the Big Ten a lot mm-hmm. longer to get this schedule out than they initially said? Mm-hmm. Kevin Warren said you'll have it early next week, and here we are over two weeks later without it. As they're talking to Fox, they're talking to ESPN and saying, we're going to build flexibility in here and with it. We don't have to have all these games on Saturdays and a few Fridays. Absolutely. We can put a whole lot more in there. Maction, you can still have Maction, but what are you going to watch? Even if it's a Rutgers Michigan State game or Ohio Ball State, yeah, I, I think we're we know where a majority of people are going to go. There's no question about it. You know, we used to sit as college football media, as college football fans, that 12 day window. <laughs> you know, we used to yeah, sit on. Yeah. Is it 11 o'clock? Is it seven? Uh-huh. Is it going to be 2:30? You know, now is it going to be Saturday? Is it going to be Thursday? Are we going to play? Are we going to watch our squad on Friday? <laughs> uh, that's going to be built in. That's that's the way it is, right? Mm-hmm. So I like it. I like it, and it's content. It's anything, mm-hmm. and and. We have been searching for it for four and a half months, and it is here. And now, now it's not. It, I mean, that hasn't been. That's, right, not, right. that's just you know on the table. Mm-hmm. I don't want anybody going away, turning the radio off later, and saying, "Well, you, you hear the Big Ten's playing games on Tuesday, Wednesday." <laughs> right. No, no, no. Yeah. That, that is not. That no. is just us talking. It's, again, it's ESPN and eight hundred million dollars, and they aired what two hundred and eighty. 282 games they aired last year in college football. 282. They control 39 of the 44 bowl games, including the entire playoff. You and I were sitting before we went on trying to figure out the other games they don't. Yeah, yeah the Holiday Bowl right away. Mm-hmm. I told you the Arizona Bowl, whatever mm-hmm. they called Sun that. Bowl's been on CBS forever. Yeah, so there's three. I don't know the other two. Two more not played FS1 had the holiday. I would think that they would be before Christmas, wouldn't they? Mm, possibly. Oh, the Cure Bowl. That's another one that is on CBS Sports Network. So is it? Okay. CBS Sports Net, I believe, has two. Didn't the NFL Network? Maybe that. Yeah, you're I Well, was it last year or was it the year before? They have shown a college bowl game, Trent. And it might have been that Arizona Bowl, though. That, that's on CBS Sports what Network now. Uh, We're missing one. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Nothing popping to you. Uh-uh. But what what we do know is ESPN owns a majority of mm-hmm. these games and, and controls a majority of these games. It's not just that they put them on broadcast television. They actually own a lot of these bowl games. They are the person that puts up the money and gets everything going. Mm-hmm. Including the name of the bowl? Yes. I'm, I think so, too. Yes, I believe they get that sponsorship yeah. money that comes hand Part in hand. Part and parcel with it. of yeah, it. Yeah, so this is big for colleges. This is yeah. big for ESPN and... When you look forward, that's what I maintain this whole time. It's the money. And and we can argue the merits and we can go back and forth about should it be the way that it is. And I told you I was listening to a podcast yesterday with Holly Roll, who I just just absolutely love mm-hmm. listening to her. She does such a great job. And she's in the bubble? She's in the bubble for the WNBA. Okay. And she's in the bubble right now. But she was talking about she does a show on Sirius on the Big 12 every day, a daily show. She said she's talked to dozens of Big 12 athletes during this time, and every one of them to a T, they want to play. Sure they do. They're still adults. Yep. They're young people. Mm-hmm. 
And do you make your best decisions when you're 18 to 23? No, well, no I know that very well. Speaking from experience, yes. I'm guessing not very many people t- that right. age did. But to a T, there is an ability for these players, if they don't want to play, that they don't have to, and their scholarship will still be there for this season. But these players, every single one of them, at least told Holly Roll, and this is what was told to her, they want to play. These guys want to play. They, these women want to play. This is this is what they do. This is what their life has been built around. Are there going to be people that sit out? There are, just like it is in the professional leagues. But the majority of these players, they want to be out there. They want to give it a go. This is, and the mental health aspect too. It, it, that's something I heard brought up and I thought was really interesting is you take away what makes you you. You take that away and, and what that's going to do to these young people. Sorry. Now you'll play football again in the spring. Mm. You'll play basketball. And maybe we'll get to it in March. Mm-hmm. And what's that going to do to that side of it? There are so many different parts of this conversation. It's not just as simple as, oh, you can't do this. It's just a terrible look. There's a lot more that goes into it. Uh, Brett McMurphy from Stadium. Uh, apparently, this surprised me a little bit. NCAA advised schools that after a student athlete has a confirmed positive, they won't have to be retested for three months. So, for example, he says, if players get a positive in July, their next test is not until October. Hmm. I guess that's the cycle of the antibodies. I yeah, don't know. yeah, because we've heard, what, three, four months? I've, yeah, we've heard so much. <laughs> it's true. As it always seems to change each and every day. I, I saw that tweet, too, and so many, oh, what, how terrible is this? On the surface, it makes sense to me. What am mm-hmm. I missing? Why, why are people freaking out about this? Uh, because they realize they're amateurs. I, I, I don't know. I yeah. don't know what it could be. I don't know what it could be. There, there's parts of these conversations that I just, I feel like well, I'm missing. Well, you got ripped on Facebook one day from some uh, person that we th- thought oh. we, we we were, um, what, what what was her? Oh, it was when we were talking about early on when Clemson and LSU had all those positive yeah. cases. And I said, there's a theory out there that... Herd immunity or get rid of them. Yeah, they wanted this to happen, that, that colleges, these universities and football programs wanted this to happen and rip through so and at that time during that conversation this wasn't your theory no no this was a theory that was out there as i stated well didn't hear that part didn't hear that part and and came after me but now we know differently about antibodies or do we know no it's it's changed the last month has changed right now you maybe can get it twice. I mean, who knows? We yeah. really and truly don't know. We do know that we're going to have Tommy Birch in here talk a little baseball. Uh, who starts tonight? Oh, Giolito Barrios. Yes. Whew. That's a good pitching matchup. Yeah, I'll say it's a good pitching matchup. That's um, that's going to be fun. Uh, how about uh, Kershaw missing last night? What do you make of that? And he's on the IL. Yeah. What do you, I mean? Look at they're they're the Dodgers. They're loaded, absolutely loaded, but still. Yeah, and. And Soto, I mean, we knew about Juan Soto's. Pot. Did we know we got when we we're on the air to come out after? We it, it came out afterwards. afterwards. Yep, yeah, it came out afterwards. It was in the afternoon that it came mm-hmm. out there, and he scrimmaged. They had a, a you know an exhibition game against Baltimore the day before or something. They did, and I read a little bit more this morning about that. There is a thought that it might be actually a false positive, and really? so they're still working through that. And he's and taking, he can come back if he gets two. False negatives? Negative. Yes. So if he gets back-to-back negatives, he's good to go again. But they have to be separated by a certain amount of time. I don't know if it's 48 hours, those two negatives, whatever it is, but they do have to be, you oh, can't gotcha. just take them both in the same day or something right, like that. Right. There does have to be a little bit of gap in between, but they're giving him a couple of different tests because that is the belief, at least it may be the hope, that it was a false positive for Juan Soto. But they still played the game. Mm-hmm. 
one of the best young players in baseball. Oh, for sure. An incredibly exciting guy to watch swing the bat. He wasn't out there, and they still played the game. That's the way this is going to yep. go. That's the way it needs to go, not just at the professional level, at the collegiate level, mm-hmm. and I believe at the high school level, too. Mm-hmm. I, I think they need to go back to the drawing board. What has happened, what we've seen this summer. Well, taking the whole team out was, right. You know, I think if, if they had to redo that one, mm-hmm. might be one of them. But you know what? At that time, when they came out with those standards... Well, Chris, I think people would agree to anything. Do anything. Yeah. And then that's what it was at that yeah. point. Yeah, looking back. And still, you look at the numbers. Did you see the, the numbers? I think uh, Keith had it. I Keith did Murphy. see it, yeah. We talk about dialing up, how terrible mm-hmm. it was for them. And we talk about Southeast Polk, mm-hmm. who was ranked in the top 10. But the percentage of teams that were able yep. to complete their se- season, well over 90%. Yep. The number of teams that were even impacted at all during the season was less than 10%. Mm-hmm. It shows you, even with this and everything that happened, I think it went off incredibly well. I'm with you, Trent. I, um, you know, Everybody was apprehensive, mm-hmm. uh, sitting kind of on the edge of their seats, how it's going to work. Uh, are we making a mistake as a, as a as a state? No, uh, I think the answer is a definitive. No, we didn't make a mistake, and good for everybody for pulling it off. There was not one hospitalization that we heard about. There was not one coach that was older that was stricken with it. We didn't hear the stories that a lot of people were hand wringing and being concerned about. That didn't happen. I think again, we're getting more and more information that's showing that playing sports not going to lead to this huge spike. Mm-hmm. It's not going to lead. And just go through everybody like wildfire. That's not the case. Now, we also have school coming back, and that's another wait-and-see moment. But here and now, baseball and softball, it was good they got to play, and it looked like it worked about as well as you can anticipate with the rules in place. they will culminate the season uh, next week at Principal Park. As far as the boys go, we'll have plenty of coverage uh, on that. Starting what? Wednesday, we got play-by-play. How about this? Urbandale is ranked number three. They got the four seed, though. They get Waukee. It'll be Urbanil Waukee wow. to open up the quarterfinals in Class 4A on Wednesday. That game should just be absolutely ridiculous. Two outstanding pitchers. I told you about Ty Langenberg. And That's a cuter pitch against Roosevelt, Yes, right? had the 11-strikeout game. He was incredibly good. Speaking of 11-strikeouts, Scherzer yesterday. Oh, yeah. You know, starting pitcher, if, you were to, if I was to sit here and uh, you didn't see the game, well, the... Uh, he struck out a five inning game trend. It was called after rain. Started struck out eleven. <laughs> yeah, he lost four one. It takes tough luck loss. Is that what they call those ones? Struck out eleven and lost. <laughs> but Waukee would talk about Langenberg. Well, one of his future teammates, Jackson Payne for Waukee. He's got an ERA under one this year. Fifty seven strikeouts in thirty six innings. And then they also have a junior, Jackson Wentworth, who's committed to K State. Some people believe. He'll be drafted next year in the MLB draft mm. after his season's senior season. He's got an ERA just around two. So, Waukee-Urbandale, first round, 1030. Wow. That game, I think we and might we're be carrying lo- that game? We'll have that one. I think uh might be looking at another one nothing game for there. But wow. we'll do Cappy on Wednesday and then okay. go right into a little baseball. Oh, well, certainly works for me. Yes. Uh, we're going to go right into a little uh, giveaway opportunity right now. KXNO and iHeart want to help you with your bills. Text the keyword THANKS to 200-200 right now. It's your chance to win $1,000. THANKS to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Tommy Birch, Trent, and I are going to chat baseball next as we take you until noon. Busy 11 o'clock hour. Dave Sproul on Iowa State. Tom Cakert on the Hawks. And Claxon's Barbecue to give away at 11.45-ish. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106. 
Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Good choice. Miller and Condon, welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Take you until noon. I believe he's on the Marquee Network tonight. Oh, really? I think before the game with Ryan Dempster, did I see that maybe? That sounds right. I thought I did. 664 on your DirecTV dial. And did you see the agreement? Comcast Ah, in Chicago. That's good news. The folks in Chicago will be able to see their team. Now the folks in L.A. are kind of envious that it's been two years and they haven't figured out two. a way to do it. Nope, it's been more than it's that. It's been more than that. I think it's been like five. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Brutal. Uh, Tommy Burch going to talk some baseball with us right now. Of course, from the Des Moines Register. He's a very good baseball mind. Love having him in. Well, this he's not in with us, but he's on with us. Hello, Birchie, Trent, and Ken. Good to hear from you guys. Good to hear from you. So three weeks from yesterday, where will you be? <laughs> Hopefully in uh, in Dyersville, nice uh, uh, for the Field of Dreams game. So we got a we got a lot of coverage, a lot of things. Uh, we're working on some really cool projects. Yeah. Um, I actually got a really cool project. That I don't want to shed too much light on right now. Uh, nobody's listening. That- <laughs> my mom is. I think my mom is. She always um, it's, I will say it is something that baseball fans and Cubs, uh, especially Cubs fans in Iowa, will will enjoy uh, this little project I'm working on. That's as far okay. as I go with the tease. But I think the smart ones can figure it out. Well, I'm looking forward to it. So when will when will we see this, Tommy? I have actually no idea. So I've got one. I've got. I've got one more interview. Uh, I'm trying to to line up for the project. I've talked to a lot of uh, former Chicago Cubs, Iowa Cubs, very familiar faces that uh, I think. uh, I think baseball fans around the state will um, be excited to hear about and read some cool behind the scenes stories about. All right, I'm in. Uh, How about we, that yeah, no, that's pretty good. I'm, I'm uh, Trent and I are both in. So, just back to uh, the, uh, the August 13th, you'll be there covering for the Register. Uh, how much uh, is the re- access restricted to media outlets during these times, Tommy? I mean, I'm guessing that whoever doesn't want to go uh, from your paper uh, would would be granted a credential because there's going to be team, you know, credentialed media from Chicago, from St. Louis, from around. The, the, some of the national guys, I would assume. Uh, do you know what the access was like for the register as far as getting credential for this? Um, I was going to say once in a lifetime. We hope it's a, a yearly event, but at least this year. What do you know about that, Tommy? Yeah, not really sure right now. I know Major League Baseball has always tried to um, keep the press box pretty limited because, one, it, it's not going to be probably a giant working press box that I think most Major League Baseball reporters accustomed to you know i've been in a few mlb press box and boxes i'm i've not seen the setup here but i'm not expecting it to be anything like your typical one but um and that was before COVID 19 so i think um i think major league baseball is going to try to clamp down on it a little bit more i think the big thing that 
we have to register up going for us is, you know, we're going to be covering the game for USA Today, too. Oh, so, sure. Um, so we're, we're going to be going, uh, we're going, we're going to be hitting the game pretty hard, which, you know, it, it's going to be a fun event. You know, if you would have asked me, man, two weeks ago, if this baseball game was going to happen, kind of the feeling I got from talking to organizers and even people with Major League Baseball, my feeling always was that they were like, okay, we're proceeding with the game, but we're really not expecting this game to happen. But over the last week, I think now the sentiment has kind of changed where they're thinking like, okay, we are playing Major League Baseball. We are playing official Major League Baseball during COVID-19. And uh, this plan to, to have these two teams come to Dyersville is 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 uh you know on his schedule right now now granted a lot of things can happen um between now and when those two teams come which my understanding is it is going to be the day of the game that they both arrive mm-hmm. um but a lot can happen but right now um it's on a schedule two more questions on this front a do you anticipate, will there be any fans allowed in? It's, it's hard to anticipate 20 days away that it will happen, but we'll we'll uh, get your answer on that. And then secondly, this is going to become a yearly event, correct, where they're going to have teams from maybe not just the Midwest, but across the country. The Yankees obviously were originally scheduled to be here. If you're a Twins fan, if you're a Brewers fan, if you're a Cubs fan, you're going to be able to more than likely see your team in future years there. Is, is that is that real? Yeah, I think, you know, those are both good questions, Trev, because I think the answers kind of go hand in hand together. I think some of the people that I've talked to have said, look, um, um, this Field of Dreams games has all the makings to become part of Major League Baseball's rotation of kind of unique setup games, Mm -hmm. a lot like the Little League World Series game where things have just gone really smooth. Players enjoy doing it. It's, It's a really good marketing campaign for them. Um, and it's a really cool setup. Now, I think the idea is, okay, if everything goes okay with this Field of Dreams game, yeah, they would like to make it a part of their rotation. I mean, they aren't just building, um, you know, this, this 8,000 seat stadium just for a one time show. You know, obviously the, the, the people that run go, go the distance, which run Field of Dreams have some big plans for it, but, Major League Baseball would like to make this part of its rotation of games. And it's kind of funny. When you bring up the idea of our fans going to be there, I would say, no, I don't think fans are going to be allowed at this game. And I think kind of the sentiment I talked to, uh, the, the sentiment I got from talking to some of the people, um, you know, around the Field of Dreams movie site was maybe that would be okay for this first game because you want everything to go smooth. And mostly... When I say smooth, it means everything um, going well for the players, that they have a good experience where they can go back to Major League Baseball and said, man, getting in and out of Dyersville, getting on the field, having everything done was was just smooth sailing. And I think this possibly a game with no fans the first time up would would definitely ease the, the pressure surrounding the, the staff of Go the Distance and Major League Baseball. But it's like I said, a lot can change um, between now and when the game gets played. But my assumption has kind of been that fans probably aren't going to be at the game. And, you know, if, if you aren't allowing fans at, at Major League Stadiums, which are uh, twice the 
the size of this ballpark in Dyer, so there's I, I don't envision a right. scenario where you're allowing fans um, at this game. I'm with you. Although Crane Kenny came out and said today that he hopes to have fans at Wrigley Field by September 1st. Uh, fingers crossed that he's right. Tommy, uh, I know that uh, trying to take the pulse of Major League Baseball fans, I get the sense of all the rule changes. The one that uh, that they're not really buying uh, is the por- putting a runner on on second base for extra innings. You've seen it firsthand covering the uh, Iowa Cubs uh, as you've done for years, but since certainly since the rule has uh, been in place, your thoughts on it, and is it going to be as as bad as some hardcore old school? MLB fans are thinking it's going to be. I, for one, love it. I, I think it's it's long overdue, and I can't wait to see how it goes. But is it as bad as uh, some of you know some of the gloom and doomers out there expect it to be? Well, I love it, and I, I you know I'll be the first to admit that I have a, a horse in this race when it comes deadline. to minor league baseball games. <laughs> right. That man, I have seen some long, yeah. long minor league baseball games, and the thing is, let's be honest. Um, when you have games going into the 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th, whatever inning, man, the, you're seeing players that are tired. You're seeing players that just really want the game to end, especially when you're talking about a game in the middle of June or July where, um, you know, you're in the dog days in summer. So I have found the extra inning um, rule to be really cool. I actually first saw it at Principal Park before minor league baseball adopted when Team USA came in and played um, the Cuban national team at Principal Park a, a few years ago. And I remember thinking, like, okay, this is this really funky, this really weird. But the more I've watched it, I mean, it adds instant intrigue to the game, and it adds a lot of, um, you know, kind of back and forth questioning, the, you know, in-game decision-making that you got to do. Do you bump the guy over? Do you try to win right away? Do you walk that guy? You know, there are so many different scenarios that just pan out. And, you know, I, I think a lot of people just assume, like, okay, that, that that guy comes in right away. You know, getting a guy in from second base with nobody out in extra inning is not going to be a problem. But, man, I've seen <laughs> a lot of teams struggle with it. So baseball purists, I think, will absolutely hate it at first. And I'm as big of a baseball purist as there probably is out there, but I adapted to it. And it's not just because I want to get home and see my kid <laughs> after watching five hours of minor league baseball, which I absolutely love. But, man, it, it adds some serious intrigue. And I think when you're talking about extra inning baseball at the major league level, unless it is postseason play, um, really the only interest that I really – the only time I really get excited – during extra inning baseball is when you start seeing teams are running out of players, you know, running out of pitchers, and they got to throw in a, a position player to, to to possibly pitch. But, you know, I, I, teams have been talking about this for a long, long time because you can see just how draining it can be to a major league roster. When you play a 16-inning game, you have burned through your bullpen, and now you got to go deep into the minor leagues and call up maybe not one but two arms and and make some adjustments. So I got to imagine a lot of players also feel like, okay, we want this too, because you're talking about guys that are having service time being manipulated just to make some paper moves at times. Tommy, uh, reading your article talking about yesterday about the start of the state baseball tournament down at Principal Park, in fact, going on right now, Martinsdale-St. Mary, 
uh, tied up, no, no no score in that one in the bottom of the first inning in their first round matchup. But talking to Sam Burnaby, I was I was a little bit surprised to say that he's nervous. I understand the excitement, but being nervous because, mm-hmm. well, as they know and they found out this year, things can go haywire very quickly. Yeah, I mean, you look at what Principal Park is doing, you know, they're welcoming a lot of different teams, a lot of different communities, and a lot of people into that park um, during a short amount of time. Now, they are they are spacing out the games, they're spacing out the people, and they're spacing out the players. But COVID-19, as has shown, is, is very unpredictable and very hard to understand, and you can only do so many precautions before... Um, you know, it, sometimes it doesn't matter what you do where COVID-19 creeps in and gets into your bubble. So, you know, I think Sam, from my understanding, talking to Sam, obviously is very happy to have, you know, butts in the ballpark and, and try to have some people there to um, maybe try to make up for some lost time with the minor league baseball schedule. Although there there is absolutely no amount of matchups in the state tournament that, that will fully get you to to that point where you feel like, man, uh, you know, we we're back to uh, to where we started before COVID nineteen happened. But you know, it, it's a great event. It, it's something that kids really genuinely look forward to. I know a lot of the schools, like the Dowling, the Valleys, the Johnsons, you know, especially at Johnson, yeah. who plays at a, a fantastic field out there. A lot of them are used to playing at Principal Park during the regular season games. But for a lot of these teams. It is the only opportunity kids are going to have to play at a professional baseball stadium. It's yep. something they genuinely look forward to. So, um, you know, I think the, the Boys Athletic Association and, and the Iowa Cubs wanted to do everything in their power to, to make sure that they could continue to have the event here this season. Tommy, who's a, a team in either league, American or the National League, that, you know, not named the Yankees or the are the Astros or the Dodgers? Give me a. Do you have a dark horse team that you think might be, you know, in, in a sixty games schedule, might be a team to reckon with that, you know, nobody's picking. Of course, everybody's on the White Sox bandwagon now. A lot of Reds love out there as well. Do you have a team that you're watching? Yeah, I was just going to say the White Sox. I mean, that young talent is is phenomenal, and I think they're. They're definitely ahead of the curve and ahead of the development phase. I think a lot of people um, kind of expected them to be. And I think for a young team, that that 60-game schedule, not playing in front of fans, not having the pressure of, um, you know, playing in front of packed houses of, you know, Chicago's Park or, or going to Wrigley Field and stuff like that is going to is going to take an enormous amount of pressure off them. And they are legit. I mean, mm-hmm. holy smokes, like, Watching them during these inter squad games, during the um, you know the exhibition games, they are as good as advertised. Now, um, I want to see it for a little bit longer. And the thing is, when it comes to COVID nineteen, <clears throat> and when it comes to this sixty game short shortened schedule, all it takes is one guy going to the injured list, and, and you're talking about the Nationals and Juan Soto where it could possibly derail your entire season. I mean, one week, fourteen days. However long a guy's in quarantine for could make or break uh, your team possibly going to the postseason. Now that has changed dramatically with the playoffs um, expanding this year. But, man, the, you know, there there is no time to mess around. But out of all the teams, you know, I'm excited to see them. I'm excited to see the Cubs because I think when I, when I think about 
the Chicago Cubs, I'm really thinking like, oh my gosh, this might be their legitimate last dance together because you are going to have to do something very, very soon. Um, when it comes to all that young talent, especially Chris Bryant. And I think if you let him get the free agency, man, it's, hmm. it's going to be tough to be able to keep him because I know firsthand from talking to Chris Bryant, from talking to people around him, when the entire situation was going on with him being kept in the minor leagues, that ruffled a lot of feathers. And I know people close to Chris Bryant told me it, it, this is something that Chris may move on from. But uh, we're not going to move on. I think his inner circle, especially his agent, Scott Boris, is going to make sure that it, <laughs> he, he doesn't forget about that extra time he spent with the Iowa Cup. So, Birchie, uh, when I Googled your name this morning, I want to make sure I didn't miss any articles you'd written recently, so I was going through. But what I Googled pops up here from Perfect Game 2003. Birch is a small right-hander without the velocity of some bigger guys, but he sure does know the game. Was that a fair representation of Tommy Birch, the baseball player? That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, man, that's about as blowing as it's going to get. I, I have some. That's funny. Oh, you know the the one good thing I had going for me during that perfect game showcase. Uh, uh, that scouting report that you're talking about is I threw I, I threw a scoreless inning. And that's, again, some legit town yeah. in Iowa. And the only reason why it was Goro sending is I had some guy named Ryan Sweeney playing right field uh, on the team I was at. And I remember I gave up a, a double into the gap, and I'm going to back up home plate thinking, like, okay, there's going to be a play at the plate. Before I could even get behind home plate, I hear the ball busting <laughs> by my head. And I'm like, man, that, that, that guy's pretty good. Somebody... I hope somebody drafts him. <laughs> that's really that's a good, good story, Tommy. That's really you know the other story that you wrote a couple of weeks back. At uh, I'm so glad you did. It brought a tear to my eye. Uh, the the North softball Dominic Ellis. Uh, not about wins and losses. What what a phenomenal story, Tommy. You chronicled it so well. Um, I, I'm a fan of North softball. Go Polar Bears, go! I know their season ended, uh, you know, a couple of well in the first round of the playoffs. But uh, what a great story, and so glad that they uh, were able to put one in the win column. Honestly, not that that meant anything to them. They just wanted to get through it. And what Coach Ellis did from teaching these girls in a lot of cases the game from square one to get where they were. That was a great piece, Birchie. Thanks. I appreciate that. You know, hopefully they stick together. And I think that's the toughest thing when it comes to, to North sports. And I, I find that fascinating, you know, because when I, when I first came to the register, you know, I, I covered a ton of North sports, you know, being the new guy at the register, <laughs> um, you weren't covering Dowling Valley, right. by the way. You were covering, uh, uh, North and possibly a tumble. And it, it was great to be able to hear those stories yeah. and, see those kids that are legitimately going out there just for the love of the game. And they've got so many young, um, young ladies on that team that just wanted to learn about the game. They wanted to be a part of the team and, and they wanted to experience softball. Now, if they can stick together, um, you know, they could win a few games down the road. Are they going to be a state title contender? Probably not, but, Man, they've got some X factors that they're going against them that those schools like the Dowling mm-hmm. and the Valleys don't. You know, the one thing that uh, I've been trying to tell people when it comes to that story was um, we wanted to get a photograph of the entire team together, you know, working out the day mm-hmm. that we were going to 
to send a photographer out there, it was supposed to rain. And I remember the coach texting me and telling me, like, okay, um, it's looking like it's going to rain. I'm going to, I got to cancel practice, even if it doesn't rain, because I've got so many players that are coming on on the bus or their parents Mm. are leaving work early to be able to drop them off. So just all the sacrifices that not only those kids make, but their families Mm -hmm. make just so they can go out and play softball. I found it fascinating knowing that, you know, they're making all all these sacrifices to go out and play knowing they're going to lose. And and that's got to be tough to do during any circumstance, but especially in the middle of a national pandemic and, I found I, I I I have a tremendous amount of respect for that program and what they're doing. One of the favorite stories since I've been on the air for twenty four plus years. I love that story, Tommy Birch. Thank you for chronicling it as well as you did, and for bringing up the parents in our conversation because they deserve a ton mm-hmm. of credit as well uh, for the sacrifices that they made so uh, their daughters could uh, uh, could see some playing time and learn about the game. Tommy, great stuff. Thank you as always. Uh, we wish we, we we need to do this more often. Thank you, Tommy Birch. Call anytime. Thanks for having me. Good to talk to you, Tommy Birch. Des Moines Register. He's off to Dyersville. Good <laughs> for him. Jealous. Oh, I guess, right? Uh, go. We've, we have another break. Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. do it right now. 1460 kicks and 010. for details. All right, welcome back. Trent, the nomads from the north have a home. Where are the Blue Jays playing? Buffalo. The Buffalo Blue Jays. So they suddenly figured it out? Well, they had no choice. <laughs> Baltimore didn't options. want them. No. Pittsburgh, uh, Pittsburgh no Pittsburgh didn't want them. Florida, eh, maybe not the best place to go. No, 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 no. And, so of course, Toronto didn't want them initially. <laughs> That's where this all started, right? <laughs> so did they fix the lights? That, that was the issue? That was the issue and maybe the clubhouse, I think, kind of a triple-A um, not kind of a triple A. It is a triple A ballpark, but um, they had no choice, so they're going to play in uh, in Buffalo. The Blue Jays, the Buffalo Blue Jays, it Buffalo has Blue Jays, a nice ring to it. How many games will they win? Thirty. Whoa, I'd sign for that. They five hundred clip. They might make that sixteen team playoff field. I well, love that young talent. I do too. That uh, that Nate Pearson, that pitcher, they he, sent him down. He got clubbed the other day. He did. Well, they're not starting his clock. It's kind of like Chris Bryant. Hour two. Dave Sproul, Tom Kakert, and Claxons.